Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to the Simply Vegan podcast brought to you by the team at Vegan Food and Living, the UK's best-selling vegan magazine. We've got a real mix again today. Uh, Molly and I getting on our high horses, excuse the expression, um, (laughs) talking about um, activism. Do we agree with it? Do we not? Is it a good thing? Does it actually go against what we're all trying to do? And for those of us with children going back to school, we talk about educating children on climate change and um, vegan food within schools. And then stay tuned or skip skip Molly and I all together and go to chapter two to hear my interview with Maddie Grinham from Mr. Organic. We're talking about the differences between organic and non-organic food, the health implications, and also is it cost effective? Can you know? Can we afford to be buying organic food with the cost of living crisis? everybody um, i'm a bit worried about today's episode because i've got people putting up scaffolding outside my house and i've got a plumber here um doing my showers and the dogs at the bottom of the stairs <laughs> whining so the joys of remote working i'm not quite sure how it's going to go but anyway <laughs> bring them into the, bring them into the room i say get them on the show <laughs> yeah. i want i want your dog to be on the show so much i reckon <laughs> he's got a lot to say he's a vegan he is yeah he's hurt his back leg he's pulled some tendons or something so um we live in a as i've said before a three-story house so the lounge is on the first floor Uh, it's just a nightmare i'm having and he weighs a ton so i'm having to like constantly run down oh no (laughs) yeah and like help him up the stairs i haven't wanted to start carrying him because then he'll just expect it every time yeah it's just a nightmare it's so stressful Oh, darling, my I got a spaniel, and honestly, every time I go home, I forget that he's not this puppy anymore. When Aww. I left, and now he's this massive. He literally <laughs> weighs the same as like me. He's so heavy, 
And he just wants to be sat on my lap. I honestly, I like sit him up oh. on my lap like a baby and like hold him underneath his arms and go like chick, 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 like a train. <laughs> so and cute. he loves it. I know he's so stupid. Some of them are, are, are such big dogs, aren't they? But you get others. They're just sort of tiny and skinny. They're, they're and, um, we got the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> Big, big boned, um, my mum says that. when she's grooming him. <laughs> oh, how are you anyway? Did you have another festival at the weekend? Oh, I did. I'm so happy to not have do anything this weekend. Oh, Saturday, yay. Saturday, I'm just gonna lay in bed for as long as I want, and then I'm going to what eat whatever I want for breakfast first and then just sit on the sofa yeah indulge yourself I need one of those days I can't wait I'm so excited I've been doing like every Saturday for the last like month and a half I've been doing something but um yes uh forwards festival on Saturday it was good it wasn't as good as Shambhala but maybe I'm just you know I I don't think anything's gonna be Shambhala no um but yeah it was fun saw Jamie XX saw Little Sims um so fred again who's a dj I don't know if you know who cool. fred again is no i really <laughs> want to see little sims at glastonbury I was oh, gutted. yeah this is the thing i only saw half of her set because it just wasn't very organized like th- it was a big um like space that they had on the downs in bristol um and there was a lot of people there and there was only like 80 toilets maybe there was a bit more than 80 but the queue for the toilets it was like 45 minutes each time like oh, you had no. to kind of yeah and then obviously when like the dark when the dark came when this when night came you'd send people like pissing everywhere because it oh, was just god yeah I think I went to something like that um it was the Chemical Brothers in Devon somewhere with a mm. friend. And yeah, we like we missed so much because every time we yeah. had to go for a wee and to the bar, it was like an hour long sort of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that was the thing with us. So it was that put like a little bit of a dampener on it because I was so excited. I was so excited to see mm. Little Sims. And I like she was amazing. And I just caught like the last half hour of her set. But yeah, I was a bit, I was a bit oh. annoyed. You wouldn't get that at Shambhala because there's so many bloody toilets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is it with festivals, isn't it? You do think, God, like, you know, with everyone weeing everywhere and uh, just, yeah, you just think, God, it's really sort of must trash the, the land. But like, yeah. it's up to the organisers to sort of take responsibility and plan. That's properly. the thing, isn't it? You can't, you can't blame people. I mean, at the end of the day, like people aren't going to, you know, wet themselves and they're not going to, pee themselves you know like <laughs> sorry I don't know why I said that so it's like, just gone downhill really quickly <laughs> we're not anyway, a podcast <laughs> yeah yeah I think everyone's fed up with hearing about Molly and Mo- mine and Molly's uh trips to festivals let's this uh... is what happens when Holly and I just haven't got anything else to talk about we just talk about our lives <laughs> <laughs> no we always have a lots to talk about don't we yes, so let's yes. let's move on so what's going on in the world of veganism what's in the news this week activists everywhere yeah yeah so is this animal animal rebellion isn't it animal rebellion yes they are blocking um trying to shut down like dairy not shut down but trying to make them go plant-based i think it's muller and another is it arla which is oh, also yeah. a dairy industry. It's like it's A R L A. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like activists have been outside sort of um factories and stuff. And I have just seen today they've super glued themselves 
to what like the lorries the like muller lorries and stuff do you think super i always wonder when i hear that it's like what super glue are they using is it, is it actually <laughs> stick because whenever i'm trying to like fix some shoes it doesn't work <laughs> what super glue are you using i need to put my soles back together <laughs> but yeah i think they've been in like waitrose and stuff as well haven't they or, or... yeah it's like sitting in front of like the dairy aisles yeah. and stuff and i mean activism obviously works it definitely does and I mean the state of the world now it's getting worse I don't know we've got we've got to kind of stay a little bit neutral I think don't we it's really hard I really do have split views because when I see you know all the comments on social media um from obviously non-vegans and in the mainstream media and stuff and obviously you know like vegan bashing and um yeah like vegan mob has been like used to describe these people so much it's just like is is it working like I don't know it's it's hard on that side of things you sort of think you're actually creating a them and us situation and driving more of a you know and and are people actually really seeing what the issue is or they just seeing a group of like inadverted commas nutters you know drilling holes in tires and causing damage but on the other hand I totally agree with you in the fact that things are like worse than I think they've ever been in my lifetime probably most people's lifetime in terms of so many issues globally and obviously with climate change it's um it's kind of like now or never isn't it to make these changes so yeah I'm really I don't want to sit on the fence but I do have really mixed like feelings It's, it's it's hard not to sit on the fence and I feel like there's obviously so many different forms of activism I mean like this in itself like our podcast is essentially like a form of activism because we're spreading awareness it's not like hardcore activism and I don't know if I I support people doing it, but I don't think I I would do it personally. No. Um, and I think that's okay. Like not everyone is going to be doing the same sort of thing because then, you know, you're just minimizing the amount of people that can actually do that stuff. Whereas yeah. if you sort of accept different forms of activism and, you know, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I was going so well. I was going so yeah, well. Get on your soapbox, Molly. I love it. No, it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, when I think about, if I just sort of sit for a moment and think about the animals that are in the situations they're in within the dairy industry, one, I just instantly start crying. And two, then I think, hang on, like, would I, if someone literally said to me right now, come, if you come and do this, this will make a difference and you'll potentially save you know, an animal's life, then yeah, I think I really would seriously consider it. And I'd, you know, even if I got arrested or anything, I wouldn't want to do criminal anything that caused criminal damage. Yeah. Um, not because I'm worried about myself, but I just don't, yeah, I don't I wouldn't feel comfortable with that. But um yeah. It's it's a tricky one, isn't it? It's a tricky one. And I think especially because from this article that I'm looking at on um, a website called Joe. So it says vegan activists super glue themselves to the Muller lorries to make a point. And then the like strap liners, the majority of the lorries were empty. Right. So it's just sort of trying to mock, yeah, mock the it, activists and make them and look it, stupid. And these people, they are, their intentions are so in the right place and I'm so here for it. But it, it's, as you were saying before, it kind of just drives 
it gives people the opportunity to flip it on the other side and mm. and make it seem like they're doing bad things. Yeah. You know? I think a lot of time with activism, it's about getting headlines, isn't it? Yeah. And I wonder, you know, I wonder what the impact of headlines, whether they're good or bad, is, if you know what I mean. So, you know, is it does it matter whether it's negative or positive? Does it get us talking about dairy and what these big yeah, you know, industries exactly. are doing? Because there's not one mention of like raped cows in this article. You know what I mean? Like there's there's no Yeah there's no conversation around that and that's and that's it's just like very news sites that are sort of like daily mail whatever they just love this stuff and they love to vegan bash but then they're just completely ignoring the reason why they're there yeah it's it's not that they want to be a nuisance it's what this because you know they want to save the animals and the environment and our bloody planet yeah exactly i'm sure they've got better things to be doing than super gluing themselves to lorries. (laughs) not just doing it for a laugh (laughs) i know and I see. I think um, Extinction Rebellion did something similar. Uh, I think it might have been last week in the House of Commons. They super glued themselves to the Speaker's chair. Yes, yeah. And I think I again, do, they said, "Are they, are they no still there?" <laughs> are you okay? We need to know. Activist. What glue are you using? <laughs> when my son comes home with broken shoes next week after spending oh. forty quid on them, I want to know how to super glue them back together. <laughs> Oh, did he go back to school today? He went back yesterday, walking very funny in his big clumpy new shoes <laughs> and his sort of baggy uniform. So cute. I Don't worry, I didn't do the uh, post against the front door that everyone loves on Facebook. <laughs> my mum has a dedicated photo album for my little brother and it's every year since he was in reception. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> she, doesn't, she doesn't go on Facebook at all throughout the year and all she posts is a just, just one, one picture <laughs> it's so funny isn't it it's literally like a sea of I mean probably not for you because I'm guessing you haven't got loads and loads of friends with kids you know I'm... people from home people right, from yeah friends, and that's just on my Facebook or my Instagram to the cool people no, <laughs> yeah joking, posing by like graffitied walls and stuff yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well mine is not cool it's it's a wash with <laughs> people with um yeah with uh children standing awkwardly against their front house front door <laughs> it's like yay like <laughs> what else am I supposed to say <laughs> has your son like had any lessons on like climate change and like animal welfare and stuff in school recently because I know that they are trying to like introduce it but obviously it's 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 going in like slow pace isn't it yeah well my daughter when she was at middle school and I think maybe this was like um when she was a little bit older than my son so maybe he will do soon I mean he's learned sort of bits and pieces I think like touched on within like geography and and yeah stuff, like you know about global warming but she um was shown cowspiracy Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I was shocked. So the whole class sat there and watched Cowspiracy, which I struggled to even watch at the age of 43. What what, what year was she in? I think she, well, she was at middle school. So she was either in year seven or eight. And I was, yeah, I was really pleasantly surprised. I mean, I don't think it had the impact it does on you know, most of the other people I've ever spoken to that was watched Cowspiracy because they still made fun of her for being vegan for a good few years. 
um so obviously they didn't all suddenly go what are we doing i'm not gonna repeat anymore i suppose that's quite a young age i feel like maybe you're like 10 or 11 not that you know people younger than that can't process that information but it's quite a hard-hitting documentary isn't it and i think after a while if you're a bit younger you're just like well I can't understand any of this yeah stuff, so yeah this is boring I'm just gonna doodle yeah. in my notebook instead yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah like you say there's some of these documentaries are quite hard going but no I think it is getting better and I think with the school meals as well I think it's pro-veg do a campaign don't they and viva to get mm. more um you know vegan options on or or even you know vegan options on every school menu for every day of the week which yeah. you know would be amazing and you know I, I'm still shocked that schools kind of serve up you know they have the school fates and the school Christmas things and they're all serving processed meat you know they sausages do... and like yeah. just like smiley faces not that there's anything wrong with smiley faces I love a smiley face <laughs> but like you know these it's it's so bizarre to me that even like I remember being in school and the dinners were just you know, I understand they've got to feed the masses, but also like you shout about healthy eating and, you know, then complain to parents that they're not feeding children well at home or whatever. And then you've got the bloody audacity to give me sausage and mash and bloody pizza yeah. and gravy. Yeah, pizza, pizza and, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Pizza and chips or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I would love to get more involved with, um, with my son's school. And I think that's something that we can all do again going back to activism it's kind of a little yeah. bit in that vein isn't it you know and if I had more sure. time I'd love to sort of go in and I don't know not necessarily do a talk but just have a chat with teachers and just see what you know I could help with because often yeah. they just don't know about these things they don't know how to do it they don't know if there's a demand for it but I definitely think you know processed meat needs to be banned from schools 100% would you give you know a school child a fag a cigarette no <laughs> So why are we feeding them? <laughs> exactly on like a daily basis, and it's unfortunately it's the children that are on sort of free school meals that are then you know having to eat this food, and then it becomes this sort of like horrible cycle just because they're lower income. Yeah. Just because they're lower income, it it doesn't mean that they then have to just settle for processed foods. They deserve healthy meals like any child does. Definitely. you know and it's 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 such it's something that really pisses me off yeah and it just it's just not really talked about yeah well, it's been in the news hasn't it about people going vegetarian um to save money and yeah. obviously you know like you say you've got if you're sort of school canteen you've got to feed the masses but if you're if you're using things like chickpeas and beans that's going to fill up the kids but be a lot healthier yeah. Slow burning carbs, that's what they all need for to get mm-hmm. them through the afternoon of maths and <laughs> history or whatever. Yeah. It's like, why are we not doing this? It's 2022. We're not stuck in the dark ages with no yeah, exactly. education or knowledge about food and nutrition. So God, we've really got on our um high horses today, haven't we? <laughs> We're gonna put the world to right. <laughs> we are. A bit of a scary world out there at the moment, and it's all you can do is really comment on it, isn't it? I suppose mm. you can you can go and superglue yourself to a lorry, but I don't know if I want to do that. No, no, I should do more with the school. I might email them, just say, you know, wondering if you want me to get involved with any sort of um, eco projects. 
cats or yeah, whatever. Oh Should we go in and do a Simply Vegan special? Shall we? I lo- I'd love that. Let's go do a little talk with the kids. I did do one when he was in primary school and that was so embarrassing. Because oh no, did he I hate know. it? Well, no, he was actually quite excited to, to see me there, but I hadn't, I didn't really know because I'm you know I'm not a teacher I didn't really know what to talk to them about because I didn't want to be going in going you know that dairy milk you're drinking (laughs) (laughs) well here's the truth (laughs) um so I had to be really softly softly so I went with the um the idea that vegetables were really exciting And I try. They I was, are. They are so exciting. I mean, you know, we get excited about be- vegetables, don't we, Molly? Like, yeah, you know, our interview, the happy pair. They get excited about <sighs> vegetables, and I wanted to spread that excitement about get an aubergine. You can turn it into this, or I mean, obviously, I didn't start telling them about cauliflower steaks or anything, but I was just telling them about <laughs> you know how amazing vegetables are because they're full of all these nutrients and they can help you know your eyesight. Yeah. And- brain but they were looked a bit confused and a few of them did say I don't think vegetables are exciting so (laughs) do you know what I think would be so good I'm going to trademark this but it's probably already been done is you just go in you'll probably have to have a bit of a bigger budget and you just got to cook with them I genuinely think like that is the way to it because this is so random but you know Warburton's the bread company yeah yeah, they came into my school once and we did like a sandwich making class. And that has literally stuck with me for years. Like, wow. it has stuck with me for ages because we all got involved. We were all able to like look at the ingredients, choose our own ingredients, choose what we enjoyed and like, like the look of or whatever. And then we were learning at the same time, like about, you know, benefits of this, this and whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think that's maybe, oh my God. We should maybe take this off air because someone's going to steal our idea. I know. We've trademarked this. Holly and Molly go cooking at school. We're going to save the children. I think, I hate to say this, but I think Veg might do that. I might be wrong. I don't know. I'll have to probably email them. So many, probably so many people do it. Yeah. Well, there's Omari, isn't there? The um, I think he's like 13, maybe even 14 now, but he had his own cookery show on CB- yes. CBBC, I think. I and mean, I had him on the show, bless him. He... He didn't talk a, a lot. I mean, he was 12 at the time. So it was a, quite a funny interview because I was like, um, what should I ask him next? What do you interview a 12-year-old about? I like, know. How do you do that? Well, they they kind of just answer the question, don't they? They don't think, yeah. oh, I, be- I better elaborate. So he was yeah. kind of like, yes. <laughs> was like, oh, bless him. That's so amazing, though. He is, like, insane. I know. I know. And I think that's so inspiring inspiring isn't it to see someone so young and think god you know if he can cook then I should be giving this a go before we go I've just got one thing to ask because it's actually driving me insane and I feel like such a bad vegan (laughs) and it's but like my trauma is getting just bashed every day spider season is here Oh no, I know we did have a massive one and I'd right. gone to bed. I didn't know about it. No. The poor thing, they trapped it under a Tupperware lit, um box in the in the I'm saying they, my husband and the kids. Um uh, in the bath and it was it was literally the size of like a small mammal. Stop it. Oh uh, no, it was like scurrying trying to get out. So I let it out the window and then I had to try and move it so the window wouldn't squash it. It's like, it's very stressful. It's like the fly situation back in like summer. 
This is worse than the flies for me though, because I'm, I'm, I can't be the only vegan with this actual phobia. Like me and my boyfriend, two came in the house in 24 hours. We almost left. Like we almost, we almost just like went to his mum's house because I just can't cope with it. I don't know what to do. I know. Yeah, definitely. I've got this, I've got this like, I've got this remedy, like natural remedy spray. I think it's like tea tree and sort of, it's meant to be like a repellent. Um, but <laughs> my morals are battling my trauma. Yeah. And I just don't know what to do. So, oh, hon, you live in quite an old house as well, don't you? So I'm guessing there's lots of little holes for them to. There are so many holes. We went for a spray, repe- one bottle of spray repellent um, just in one, like one go what i know no, what about um is there anything you can burn like candles or something with that you know like um oil burners or something with that scent that they don't like to stop them yeah i got some tea tree oil um so maybe i will try that on a diffuser but i'm just so scared holly oh bless you yeah my sister is like beyond terrified of spiders i mean she she doesn't open her windows Ever. No, I've not. That's not. I've I've, I've closed my windows. <laughs> no, see, I live. I live in harmony with spiders. So I go around and I'm like, oh my god, look at the cobwebs, and then I'll check to see if there's anything on, sort of still using the cobweb. <laughs> I can deal with the small ones. I'll leave it. I can deal with the small ones, but when they get bigger than like two centimeters, you're out. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> can you can you please move out now? Sorry, because gonna... I will I will move out if that's if <laughs> if that's what you want me to do. I will move out. Well, that you might have to because there's so many more spiders than you, so you're going to lose this. <laughs> if anyone has any advice of how to get rid of these, not get rid of, but just move them on quietly. Move them on without me getting really scared and yeah. about them getting really scared and about my boyfriend getting really scared <laughs> just I just don't I want no one to be scared in this situation so just give us some advice please <laughs> <Yeah>. email <laughs> simplyvegan at anthem.co.uk and help Molly out please <laughs> please um, <laughs> well this month is organic September we are speaking to Maddie Grinham from um Mr Organic so I'm really looking forward to what she has to say about the benefits of organic food to health obviously we know a lot about the benefits in the environment but it's always good to have you know um, different perspectives on things so um, stick around and listen to that hey molly how does eight free vegan craft beer sound it sounds like music to my ears but i also feel like you're pranking me <laughs> i'm not i promise so this is what the world's most popular craft beer club beer 52 are offering okay i'm listening tell me more well, all you have to do is go to beer52, that's the number 52.com forward slash vegan food and cover five ninety five for postage. This sounds all too good, Holly. What's the catch? Come on, you're having me on. <laughs> there isn't one, I promise. Basically, they source the best vegan craft beers from around the world and then they send them to their club members along with vegan snacks, yum, mm-hmm. and a magazine all about beer. There's no okay. catch. There's no minimum commitment and you can cancel or pause at any time. Okay, I'm in. Sign me up, baby. Shall we try some? Shall we try some? My can's already open. <laughs> I love it. Which ones are you trying? I'm loving all of these colourful packagings. Me too. They're so colourful. Um, I've got a pineapple one. It's really refreshing. I love fruity beers. How about you? Mine's a citrusy IPA. It's like summer in a can, baby. 
so much nicer than these bland beers you often get in supermarkets. Mm. Cheers, my love. Delicious. Cheers. Don't forget that's beer52.com forward slash vegan food to claim your free case. As I said, for Organic September, we're joined by Maddie Rinnan from Mr. Organic. Um, we were due to be joined by Valeria, who founded the company, but I believe he's busy in Italy at the moment, isn't he, Maddie? He is. So um, we're smack bang in the middle of tomato harvesting season. So, um, yeah, he's <laughs> he's busy with that at the moment. So um, he's got me instead, unfortunately. Yeah. No, not at all. It's great to be <laughs> chatting to you. Um, I'm kind of picturing those tomato festivals where the, everyone's kind of throwing the tomatoes around and stamping on them. And <laughs> um, But I'm guessing that's not quite what happens in the tomato harvest. You know what? It is, it is very much like that, actually. He um, has a live feed into the tomato harvesting factory. Um, so you can literally see the conveyor belts with tomatoes going in. So, um, yeah, it's um, quite an interesting watch oh, if you've got wow. to a few minutes. <laughs> Tomatoes are just my favourite vegetable in the world. I just love everything tomatoey. Tomato juice, which is seems to be a bit of a um, divisive one. You know, some people love it or hate it. Um, yeah, it's just such a versatile vegetable. Yeah, yeah, you can do a lot with them, can't you? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, what a great job you have working with organic food. Do you get to try much of it? We do. Do you know what? Everyone always asks me this question and um, this is absolutely one of my favourite things at the job. Um, we have a whole um, back room that's literally full of food um, and whenever we bring out new products, whenever we do any kind of taste testings, it's something we do as a whole company. So um, yeah, we're definitely not short on food over here. And it's all so fresh and healthy. Uh, we're very lucky that we test out lots of food here on the podcast, which is all delicious, but um, some of it's yeah. Yeah, not quite so good for the waistline. Or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> A lot of us know there are benefits to organic food when it comes to farming, but what exactly are the differences between organic and non-organic farming? Yeah, so I think the really interesting thing is we know that there's so many resources and so much awareness out there about the environmental benefits of vegan food to plant-based food. And I think the benefits of organic are absolutely there, but I think maybe there's not quite so much awareness. Um, I think fundamentally the main difference is that it's a natural ecosystem management. Um, so the way the crops are grown, the way that the fields are harvested is all very natural. So it doesn't use anywhere near as many pesticides. Um, it doesn't kind of use anything that's going to be particularly bad for the soil or the eventual crops. Um, and it really does encourage biodiversity. So I think the stats, something like, there's 50% more animal life, there's 50% more bird life, there's 50% more insect life. Um, so really, as a whole ecosystem, organic farming takes care of every single stage, um, which is obviously great for the soil and it's really great for the end product. It's great for the taste of the product. Yeah, you hear reports about how many harvests we have left and the degradation of our soil. And it's it's pretty terrifying, isn't it? It is. It absolutely is. And I think soil is one of the biggest doors of carbon globally so if you think the reduction in the quality of our soil means that all that carbon is then getting released into the atmosphere so I think we don't often realize how precious our soil is to us how fundamental it is to the whole ecosystem. When it comes to our health it makes sense that organic food would be better for us as obviously pesticides are not being used and therefore we're not consuming them 
Um, but there haven't been huge numbers of studies, have there, in relation to the health benefits, which is quite surprising, really. There hasn't, no. I know that Riverford cite a study on their website that found that organic fruit and veg um, contain over 60% more antioxidants. Yeah, so you're right. It is an area that there isn't a huge amount of research on. Um, I think there's definitely research into why conventional farming isn't great for us. So we know that products produced with pesticides, we know that that pesticide is then going into the end product, into the food we eat. Um, We know things like the levels of hormones found in um, standard agriculture is much, much higher. Um, Even things like antibiotics and then the impact that then has on the kind of population health. Um, So I think whilst there isn't a huge amount of data on how organic is beneficial, there's so much data on how non-organic isn't beneficial to us. Um, I think the study said about there being 68% more um, antioxidants in organic food um, is because when you use pesticides, you're kind of stripping the plants of their ability to create those antioxidants themselves. Um, Whereas with organic farming, they kind of create these natural barriers. They create these natural methods of um, getting rid of pesticides, essentially, which we then do see the benefits coming in our own food. Um, And I think generally speaking organic is just fresher it's just a much more natural way to produce food yeah let's talk about the cost of organic food obviously we're in the middle of a cost of living crisis at the moment doesn't seem to be um, going away anytime soon and a lot of us well I think most of us are having to reassess our choices when it comes to food shopping Um, and obviously organic does seem you know um, an obvious one to be cutting back on what are your thoughts on this? So I think I think it is true that generally speaking, organic is a bit of a premium. I think there's no getting away from that. Um, interestingly, what we are seeing is as everything gets more expensive, as supply chain gets more expensive, as um, farming, even the cost of farms to keep the energy on to then produce the crops, everything is getting more and more expensive. So what we are seeing is that the price of conventional is actually increasing much, much faster than the price of organic. So conversely, we are finding that organic is actually becoming more affordable. Um, what I would say is I think there's always going to be, right. you know, so many people who are really struggling with the cost of living crisis. And I think it's not fair to say, you know, everyone can afford organic because I think fundamentally it is just not achievable for some people. Um, but I would say there is a huge section of people who maybe haven't been impacted quite as much. Um, and I think for that, I would say the great thing about organic is you don't have to be 100% organic. It's not like plant-based where it's all or nothing. I think you can just make those small organic switches. You can try and incorporate a little bit more into your diet without really noticing the financial impact of it. There is a stream of thought that those of us who are privileged enough to be able to afford organic food and you know we might be struggling too um but we could certainly cut back in other areas perhaps um there's kind of this idea that perhaps we have a duty to keep supporting organic farmers and kind of doing our bit to support small businesses and those who are doing the right thing for the environment yeah i wouldn't say i wouldn't say we have a duty so much but i do think we have a duty to just be conscious of where our food's coming from and really educate ourselves about the impact of those choices. Um, I think we all know that, I 
think most people have a desire to shop more sustainably, um, to shop in a more health conscious way. I think especially after the pandemic, everyone is that bit more conscious about exactly what they're eating. Um, and I think those that do have the means to do it, I do think have that duty yeah. to really just understand the impacts of organic and why it might be a better choice for them. Um, and I think there's almost this perception of organic is this quite like bougie um, sort of unnecessary thing um which i think is the complete opposite i think you know organic agriculture is one of the oldest farming systems in existence um i think even in the uk up until about 50 60 years ago all the food we were eating was organic um and i think it's just about really helping people understand that organic is an investment but it's an investment in themselves it's an investment in the environment so yes at the till it might be slightly more expensive but you will see the benefits um we as a society will see the benefits in many other ways yeah it's so scary that just that short time ago organic was just the norm and i'm guessing organic wasn't really even a term that was used because pesticides weren't part of the equation exactly yeah and i think we kind of yeah definitely and i think we kind of forget that there are so so many lessons to be learned from the ways people used to shop and the ways people used to eat I think even you know our grandparents generations will have so many tips on things like reducing food waste or um, cooking with the seasons and it's all things that still are completely applicable to this day and age Um, even the way that we rotate our crops on our farm in Italy um, that's literally one of the oldest agricultural systems in the world Um, the Mayans did it thousands and thousands of years ago and so it's almost like we've forgotten some of the practices and some things we used to have and it's when we start introducing these things like pesticides these things like mass mass over farming where the food system just doesn't quite make as much sense as it used to unfortunately you do wonder how on earth we got to this state really don't you i know (laughs) i know yeah it's um, it's a scary thought really isn't it what main food staples would you recommend then for those who want to buy some organic food but can't afford to do full shops each week of organic produce? So I think the ones where you will taste the most difference will be fruit and veg. I think they're typically the ones that tend to be given the most pesticides and the most um, synthetic substances are put on them. Um the one product actually is carrots. So if you ever did a taste test of a normal carrot versus an organic carrot, you can really, really taste the difference between the two. Um, so I would say anything you tend to cook with a lot, any sort of kitchen staples, um, things like tin tomatoes, for example, um, as such, a, you know, we all have a tin of tomatoes in our cupboard probably all of the time. Um, and I think it's such a good introduction into organic food. It's a good way to kind of take that initial step and actually be able to taste the benefits um, in quite an insubstantial way. People talk about the dirty dozen, don't they? And buying organic if you if you're going to eat the yeah. skin, which kind of makes sense. Yeah. I would say so. I would say if you think logically about why they're putting these chemicals, these pesticides into the food, and it tends to be to increase their shelf life, it tends to be um, to preserve them so that that um, that distance between field to shelf can be really extended. So anything that typically would have a very short shelf life that's been extended, I think that's where you will notice the most difference. Um, and I think, you know, it's it's very logical that things like a tomato or a potato 
if they are organic, then it just means they're that much fresher. It means that they've had that much shorter journey from farm to the store where you buy them from. Um, so yeah, those those would be my recommendations. I'd um, yeah, try an organic carrot and um, see if you can tell the difference. Yeah, you definitely can. I'm I'm a big advocate for organic produce um, now, especially after speaking to so many kind of doctors and nutritionists on the podcast and hearing about all the benefits. Um, but like you say, no one should feel pressured to try and afford organic food if they can't. But even if you can't, yeah, even if it's just like a bunch of carrots each week, then that's a great start, isn't it? Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. So what's in season at the moment then? We're in organic September. What's good to look out for? We are. Um, so tomatoes, obviously, <laughs> organic is the big one. Um, so tomato season typically ends late August and then harvesting is done um, September, October time. Um, as we're kind of getting into autumn, anything like root vegetables, um, potatoes, uh weeds any kind of big meaty root vegetables um are all in season at the moment and I think those are great options especially as we start thinking about cost of living um something like a butternut squash is such a great thing to cook with because it's very versatile it's very large as well you get a lot for your money um and yeah I think just being mindful of what we would typically cook with the seasons what produce is the best time to buy right now um and how you could then incorporate that into different recipes seasonality is so important isn't it yeah but more so than buying locally because like you say valeria was out in spain and you're obviously importing those tomatoes which has a, a you know a footprint or an impact but actually the impact is lower because they're being grown um using you know the natural sunshine rather than kind of being grown here in the uk but under a million lights yeah, no, exactly that. I think um, obviously we're not quite so blessed in the UK, but in Italy um, during the Italian summer, that's exactly how they grow the tomatoes. You know, they the sun fertilizes, it grows. Um, they also have a lot of, um, we actually have some mechanical drones that we use in the fields so they can tell exactly which areas of the fields need watering and at what times, um, just so we're not, it's just water management basically to make sure we're reserving as much as possible. Um, but yeah, no, it's really fascinating. I think sort of growing in that more natural, more traditional way, um, you really do see the benefits. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how natural drones are, but yeah, <laughs> maybe the drones are not quite so much, but <laughs> they're definitely a good use of modern technology, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before we finish, what's your favourite dish to make where veg is really the star of the show? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I have to confess, I'm not the best cook in the world, um, which doesn't quite bode well working for a food company. Um, my go-to would probably be some kind of tray bake. So I love I love chickpeas. So anything kind of roasted chickpeas with lots and lots of veg on it, um, maybe it's some salad or some rice to go with it. I think just any kind of really hearty, um, sort of cosy type dish, um, I think the great thing about vegetables is you can literally do whatever you want with them they have that versatility so um yeah I'm a big fan of roasting I've um just bought a new roasting tray so hopefully gonna be doing some more soon yeah it might inspire to get inspire you to get more creative yeah it might it might, it might. well everyone's starting to think about how much energy they're using to cook aren't they and things like tray bakes and one pots are a brilliant way to save on gas and electric because it's just 
all in you know you just put it all in the oven or on one hob rather than having loads of different um kind of rings on your cooker or whatever it's going to be interesting isn't it to see how things change during the next few years in terms of our kind of habits yeah definitely definitely and we're seeing um even things like 10 minute meals or one pot recipes are all getting so much more popular recently just because they are that much shorter they require that much less cooking time that much less energy used to make them um which yeah it's really interesting it's interesting how our kind of popular recipes and the trends are kind of being influenced by things like cost of living rises well, listeners, head over to Mr. Organic, the, their website, to find out more. There's loads of recipes um, over there, isn't there? We do. We do. I think we've got about 2,000 recipes. So there's a lot of choice there. Amazing. And it's a fully plant-based, <laughs> sustainable B Corp company, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, we made the decision about nine years ago to go 100% plant-based. Um, and yeah, I haven't looked back really. And um, yeah, we actually got our B Corp certification last month so we're um, still very excited about it congratulations yeah i know our listeners really care about the provenance of their food and want to support companies who are going that extra mile well thank you so much maddie it's been so nice to chat to you and good luck with the tray bake (laughs) no worries thank you for having me thanks for listening and don't forget to like and subscribe and email us with your questions for Chantal Tomlinson, who is the new dietitian at the Vegan Society. She's joining us next Thursday, simplyvegan at anthem.co.uk. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.